the Mel Gedroyd Podcast. Hey there, it's Mel G, and this week on my little podcast, we are all things Xmasy. Yeah, we are. Like it, love it, it's there, deal with it. I'm going to be talking about major Christmas panic. Yeah, the twitching eye, the, the twitching everything, in fact. Uh, we will be discussing that. We're also going to be discussing nativities. Oh, the whys, the wherefores, the pitfalls of the Christmas nativity. And if you like the sound of that, then do have a listen to me every Saturday lunchtime from one here on Magic. There'll be more chat, and I promise you some great songs thrown in for good measure. Bush, so good to see you, my love. I'm in a bit of a paddy. Oh no, what's going on? Well, it's December the 10th, my love. It is. Normally, by this time, at home, Mm -hmm. there is an array, a pyramid of wrapped presents ready to go. The cards are written, they're posted, the mince pies are made, the Christmas cake is literally being fed with brandy in the shed Uh to keep it cool. Everything is pretty much... I've started brining up the turkey. (laughs) Yeah? That stage. I'm literally pretty much... The Brussels sprouts have been peeled, ready to go two weeks before liftoff. I have done very little bush and I am extremely stressed. (laughs) I've done... Mate, help me. Why? I don't know. I've had a block about Christmas this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've done... I've I've, I've soaked the fruit. Yeah. The, the, The fruit as we speak, is soaking in brandy. It's well and truly soaked. Ready for the Christmas cake, Mm -hmm. you know, construction. That's all I've done, mate. Now, is it... I'm panicking. I'm really panicking. I I honestly... I normally start in August, like on holiday. I'll pop off into a little sort of seaside craft fair and buy 20 presents. Yeah. And I'll be a bit smug about it. But for some reason this year... I don't know why, mate. It's not really happening. I don't know why. I don't know why you, help me i'm you, too late for online shopping that's uh, that's abundantly clear yeah true isn't it so you're gonna have to go you're gonna have to physically go into shops and buy for a load of people as well but i've only got i've only got 15 days <laughs> bush i don't i don't know because i'm not organized either so i don't know how i can help i can I've i can got help 17 nieces and nephews bush 17 well listen there is a way i can help you okay but it's, um, I would say you would have to sign yourself up for Andy Bush's Extreme Shopping. The question is whether you're up to that, Mel. So, Mel, you're quite panicked. It's what, December the 10th and you've done very little in terms of Christmas preparation. Yeah, can I just say, I love the way you've actually picked up a pen and have a pad of paper in front of you. You're taking this very seriously. I am very, very serious about this. Yeah. Now, I'm going to usher you into a one-off oh, opportunity man. here, Mel, to be involved in what I call... Andy Bush's Extreme Christmas Shopping. Tell me all about it. Are you familiar with the works of the ex-SAS guy, Andy McNabb? McNabb. Yes. I'm all over that. This is how Andy McNabb would do Christmas shopping. Okay. And it involves two runs. Run number one, you go past and do what we call a recon or a recce, where you check out all the different things you want in the shop, but you don't buy anything. Are we talking one shop, or are we talking a parade of shops? If possible, try and do it all in one <gasps> shop. Oh, I like, I Under like one your roof. style. So okay. in and out, extraction point, infiltration, maybe I'll pick you up on the roof in a chopper. Ten seconds, we'll synchronise watches. Then the second suite, which happens in the, uh, like maybe the day after, <gasps> we both wear night vision goggles and we go in and we try and buy all of it, bearing in mind you've already noted down its location, all within, say, an hour. If you can get in and out, I normally do my Christmas shopping in one hour. Are you serious? 100%. So we're talking a department store aren't we? So you can go into yes. different departments. Yeah, and you do it in an hour, oh, Mel, and you'll be back okay. lacquering your, your turkey or whatever it is you need to do yeah. with, without a care in the world by 5pm whilst everyone else is panicking. <sighs> it's the only way to do it. 
I'm actually, I, I'm actually really on board for this. Yes. My slight question is, which shop is it? Which shop is it going to be? Well, do you remember the bit in Mission Impossible where they lower Tom Cruise down on a wire? Yes. That'll be you and I'll be on the roof. We'll get it sorted out, it's no problem. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll get my body stocking on and uh, <laughs> and and my lasers uh, sorted out. I've actually got a twitch, a permanent twitch now in the left eye. Don't worry about it, it's going to be absolutely fine. All right, my darling. And listen, thanks so, so much for that. Now, exciting times. You know what's coming up, gang? Oh, yes, sirree. It is time for the Bush's red letter to hey. hey. <laughs> Bush, what day, what what letter of redness is it today? Come on. Mel, do you know what I love about you? You'll sing along with any song. Always. Do you know what my friend Brian does? He sings when the, the intro music to EastEnders is on. He'll sing to his wife what happened in the last episode. I adore him already. How much fun is that? Oh, Try that... it out. What a great recap. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Ow, uh, Arthur nicked all the Christmas, Christmas first money. money. And as you Dot go. came <laughs> into <laughs> the lawn <laughs> to red. Oh, that's good fun. Try it out. A lot of fun. Anyway, you red letter do, You could do that with any of your favourite programmes. You could do it with Poldark. Exactly. You don't need a re- you don't need a recap. You can just sing along to the intro and tell everyone what happened last week. Now, listen, come on. Bush's Red Letter Day. I know it's an important day today, but I don't know what it is until you tell me. Allow me to clarify, Mel. It's December the 10th, which means it's World Gingerbread Decorating Day. Oh, these have all got a lovely... Cr- You've reminded me, Bush. Oh, no, she's back on the Christmas thing again. Don't worry about it, it's going to be fine. <sighs> OK. You're going to drink mulled wine with producer Louise at a Christmas market. It's all going to be fine. OK, tip-top. Three facts, here yes, we go. good. Both the Greeks and Egyptians used gingerbread in their ceremonies. Um, hang on. Now listen. This reminds me of two weeks ago. You told me, Bush, that at the Olympics uh-huh. in original ancient Greek times, yep. the top prize was cheesecake. Cheesecake all round. Is this another pseudo fact about Greeks and their baking? You can't argue I with the facts, you. Mel. No, I don't believe Both you. Both the Greeks and Egyptians used gingerbread in their ceremonies. Fact number two, Queen Elizabeth I is the... just brushing over it. He's br- <laughs> he doesn't want to be questioned. He is brushing right over it. Uh, you can have your questions at the end, like in a lecture. All right. Queen Elizabeth I is believed to have been responsible for the first ever gingerbread man as she had them made to resemble visiting dignitaries and then presented them to the dignitaries as a gift. Final fact, yes. the world's largest gingerbread house was built in the Mall of America in Minnesota in 2001 mm-hmm. and required nine days to build. Imagine this in your mind as I describe it. Once completed, it stood... 67 feet tall, was decorated with 2,000 Hershey bars, 1,200 feet of Twizzlers, 100 pounds of Tootsie Rolls, and 100 Whirly Pops, and thousands of other pieces of candy. Imagine that. And was everyone allowed to sort of fall on it in a riot of, of kind of, you know, hedonism and, and awful filling-inducing Imagine eating. that's allowing a local school to just eat it. Yeah. That would be good, wouldn't it? Very, very strong fact. Thank you very much. And uh, I look forward to next week's Bush's Red Letter Day with almost too much trepidation. Uh, Mel, should we delve into our 90s? It's established 1842, this jam jar. Every week you give a different date on that ruddy jar. It's (laughs) modern, Bush, but made to look old school. No, no, this is from 1842. Oh, he wants to believe. I just dug it up from my garden and brought it in, Bush. Yes, I did. It's a real antique. Let's go in. All these written by people in our office. Yeah, it literally came from a shop. It came from one of those... Amazing how they used to make glasses back in 1842. Oh, Bush. Oh, what are we going to do with it? Question for you, Mel. Come on. 
flatmate horror stories. Oh, flat. Anyone as a nightmare? Now, listen. One of my most adored friends in the world, and I'm going to have to put him in a witness protection program when I tell this story. I'm not going to say anything about him except that he was my flatmate. If I give anything away, everyone will know who I'm talking about. I don't mean that he's a celebrity, but my friends that are listening. And they all listen because I force them. (laughs) This particular flatmate... um, So his room smelt like a gerbil's cage at the best of times. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah. He was not the most sanitary of men. Mm -hmm. So I thought... As a treat, I would go in one day and clean his room out for him. Oh, that's nice of you. I was the only girl in the house. I know, it's a bit girly. Oh, it's a bit like, oh, I'll play mother. Went in uh, to do some cleaning. I was hoovering. He had a mattress on the floor. Lifted up the mattress. Oh, no. And I wondered why the height of the mattress was um, a couple of inches (laughs) uh, above floor level. Uh, There was the largest stack of, let's call them salty magazines. Oh, my Lord. I've ever, <laughs> ever seen in... Salty magazines. ...my life. Oh, no, what a sight. He's still a friend. I adore the man. And, yes, that is... Uh, it's not really horror, it's but it was, it was a bit... Uh, it was, it was, I was taken aback. Can I ask you a question, Mel? Yes, my love. Did you put the, the mattress back down again and then never mentioned it to him? No, or I totally kept tell... the mattress up and as soon as he came through the door, I said, what the actual heck is going on? I slept on the other side of the wall. <laughs> my mattress was parked up a mere inch away. Yes. There were thin walls. Oh, dear, oh, dear, so oh, dear. So there we go. And but he's, 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 a, he's a beloved friend. You still have a good relationship with him now, despite the things, what he done? I see him about once a year, and I talk about it relentlessly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the classic flatmate thing, isn't it? A bit grungy. Yeah. There you go. Whoa, there Whoa. they are. There they are. It's best just n- never to go creeping around. You do well, get very, I very kind of curious when everyone else is out, though, don't you? I'm very, yeah, that, actually, that was a, it was a lesson learned. Yes. Don't go nosing around in, in flatmates' rooms. You never you, know what you're going to find. You never know what you're going to get. Yes. I need to ask you, Bush, how's your week been? Thank you, Mel. My week has been okay. I've been trying to uh, have like some good, meaningful dad-daughter chats with my little girl oh. about nativity play. They're doing oh. a nativity play at her school. Oh, I love those. Mine are too old for that now. It's a I shame, miss isn't it? Them. Yeah. I so really what's remember... going on? Has it been cast? No, this is the <gasps> point. This is what's going on. Uh, she asked me, really weird, you know, sometimes they come out with these questions that are like, you don't know how to answer properly. She asked me, what is a good role to have oh. in a nativity? And I was like, uh, I feel like her agent... But, I mean, I, I'm a bit of a, a veteran of nativities. I was in loads of them when I was a kid and stuff. Were you in quite a lot of nativity plays Mate, back I in played, the day? I played Jesus. Were you Jesus? I was Jesus. I love that. I was the central, yeah. It's because I was small and I was wrapped up in a, in a thing and put in a manger. But in yes, swaddling clothes. In swaddling clothes. It was, an, it was a non-speaking role, love, which I was a little bit disappointed with, I must say. But, you know, I gave it my all. I'm thinking you, Bush. Uh-huh. I'm thinking you might have been Gabriel. Were you Angel Gabriel? Do you know what? I always wanted to be Angel Gabriel. Yeah, that's a great role. You were just a bit of a maverick, Gabriel. You just kind of like danced around in like a white costume with a star above your head. I know, and you come in the whole time. You give the good news. Yeah. Then you come in and report the good news. Uh-huh. And then you sort of up some the good news. Yes. It's a big part, Gabriel. 
Angel Gabriel is a bit like if you're in like the 80s radio doing a road show. There's a bit of a nudge and a wink with the audience. Isn't it? One of them. Ne- never got it? to be that. I was always a shepherd. Oh. A lot of shepherding going, a lot of tea towel on their heads. I was going to say tea you know towel, mean? and then your teacher, very stressed, tied up the tea towel with a sort of a, a belt around your head, too tight. Really tight. Because she or he was very, very stressed. Permanently surprised expression during the entire play. And you end up with a really bad <laughs> headache. But I am worried for her because... You know, you never forget. I don't think you ever forget your nativity or even any play at school. I remember uh, being the bluebird in Hansel and Gretel. Oh, that's a nice role. But I had to wear tights. Is it a dancing role, love? I think it is, isn't it, the bluebird? I did a little bit of uh, contemporary dance. Oh, a bit of interpretive. Lovely. But I ran out onto the stage. This was in front of the big school. We did this. And I ran out onto the stage, uh, blue tights, cardboard wings, slipped on the uh, heavily polished school floor... <laughs> Absolutely caned it down on the floor and broke my uh, broke my cardboard wings. Everyone was laughing at me. So I don't oh. want my daughter to have a nightmare a nightmare nativity. Oh. So I need to go back to her with with an answer to this question. What's a good role? I don't want her to have the pressure of maybe you know Mary or Joseph and that kind saying. of thing. Do you know what I mean? know what you're saying. We're we're all slightly transfixed by the idea that Bush was grounded <laughs> with broken cardboard wings. Did, could you get up on your own or did you have to have help? It was a sorry sight. It was oh. a really sorry sight. And I do believe sometimes, I think about it, I do wonder if Mr. Mister wrote their song, Broken Wings, Take These Broken Wings, oh, about gosh. my accident on stage all those years <laughs> later on. Did you have a little blue face as well Were you painted? Blue painted face, little beak on the top of my head. Oh. pair of blue tights on. Did you cry, Bush? I was absolutely mortified. All the big kids were laughing at me. And it shows the inherent danger of, you know, when you take to the stage, you tread the boards at school, you know, it's your street creds on the line, Mel. But also, I love that thing in nativity shows where uh, somebody's in full costume and then in normal school shoes. (laughs) So I'm hoping that you had your blue tights, the wings, and then a chunky sort of start right uh, school shoe. Or maybe a black pair of daps, PE daps from back in the day. Now, I, I, the other thing I was talking to my daughter about is, yes. you know, there's, there's kids who play the lead roles in yeah. nativity plays. Yeah. Then there's also the kids that get to play the inanimate objects. Oh, like the toys. You were saying you didn't want to have a main part because there's quite a lot of pressure. Yeah. I did not talk to my sister for about six months because our daughters were in the same nursery and my daughter was chosen to be Mary yeah. and her daughter was chosen to be the shepherd. Oh. She was livid <laughs> it it caught it put a wedge in our yeah. relationship for six months so I know what you're saying so she bagged she, the plum roll and she was yeah. mortified so by she it. doesn't want the Mary your daughter she get rid of that you see I think Joseph's rather a good role yeah you get to wear the kind of groovy you know the dressing gown the tea towel yeah you get the lovely ushering role uh-huh. you get all the joy of the donkey you get the sort of you know it's it's a good part. You, the audience love you, yeah, but you don't have the pressure of Mary. Exactly. So I, I would I'm going to go back to a, with this bit of advice. If you end up being a tree or a rock, that's fine as well. But if you can try and aim for Joseph or Angel Gabriel, bag yeah. those two roles. That's going to be a winner. Actually, would they do cross gender? Would they give a girl Joseph? I think anything goes these days in yeah, schools, Mel. Yeah, yeah, anything yeah, goes. Yeah. Or you want the comedy part that comes and gets all the, oh, oh. all that, that's good. The sheep that says one thing yes. and literally, you know, bags it. Well, I'm narrowing it down to uh, two or three definite roles that we're going to go for, Mel. Thank you very all much. All right, my love. I hope that's helped. Yes. We are delving into, into the Pottingtons. Into the Pottingtons. Now, what delights 
I love that noise, by the way. Oh. I love the noise of, of no. a manuscript being opened. It's like um, opening your cracker joke on Christmas Day, isn't it? Yes, the anticipation. Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, right. Good. Four famous people to your dinner party, who and why? Four famous people to the dinner party. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. All right, I'm going to go four. In seat number one, yeah. Everton winger from the 80s, Kevin Sheedy. Lovely. Is Love he good? Co- is he good? Because he got good chat, good convo. He would have some good banter about the good old days of Everton Football Club. Nice. Uh, who, who's who's going to be next to him? Sat next to him will be... Um, I'm going to invite Abraham Lincoln, the, oh. one of the presidents of the uh, United States of America. Yeah, good. Uh, just because of the top hat. Nice. Um, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of silence at this dinner party. It's a bit, do you need someone to spice it up a little worried. bit? I'm, a bit I'm going to chuck in at seat number three. You need a talker, Bush. You need a good talker. Kenny Everett. Lovely. He would be good, wouldn't he? All ice will be broken. 100% ice broken with good old yeah. Kenny Everett there. Yeah, lovely. And number four, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to invite the taxi driver that was accidentally invited onto the BBC News as a dignitary and went through the whole interview. And then you saw in his face, remember, he's a legendary guy. He realised halfway through the live interview that he had accidentally walked onto the studio and was being interviewed by the reporter. What he was year just was the taxi driver. What year was that? This is like two that. or three years ago. That completely passed me by. No, no, no. He was the taxi driver who had come along... He brought to, the guest in. Brought the guest in and they accidentally ushered him oh. to the actual studio to do, take part in an interview about uh, the future of the internet. It's called Guy Gomer, just the taxi driver. He's Guy now an Gomer. internet sensation. But listen, Guy can obviously talk about anything. Oh, yeah. Clearly. Totally. So get him at your dinner party and he will literally... He'll be your glue. He will be my glue. So uh, Kevin Sheedy, Abraham Lincoln... Kenny Everett, Guy Gomer. Uh, Mel, your four? Okay, I'm saying Bardem, Bowie, Bush and Boff. All the bees. All the bees. I love that. Yeah. Javier, David, Kate and Frank. What a night that would be. Yeah. I think that'd be awesome. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Maybe my dinner party, after a couple of hours, we could like open... The, you know when you've got adjoining rooms at like a, yeah. a Christmas party? We yeah. could come in and have a few drinks with your lot. Yeah, yeah. Meet Guy Gomer. Yeah. Abraham, Kate, Kate, Abraham. Now, come along now. It's Mel G on Magic and it is time and I will adopt that position. Oh, she's up. The wheelie chair has gone back and yep. I'm now doing a core. I'm, I'm, I'm holding the core in and up. The tummy button is being clenched far up and it's time for Tell Mel. Come on, bring them in. Hey Mel, it's Greg. Is it wrong that sometimes I have a little sleep in the toilets at work? Are we talking number onesies or number twosies? I would say onesies, not good to fall asleep, my love. Bad things will happen. And bad things will happen to the people that come into the loo after you. Number twosies, I will allow. I need clarification, Greg. I'm being quite soft on you because you had a very, very nice voice. Next, please. Hi Mel, it's Ella. Last night I was watching telly and I spilled red wine all over the cream carpet. How do I get rid of the stain before my other half comes home tonight? Ella, white wine, two simple words. Next please. Hey Mel, it's Liam. I have a library book that is over two years beyond its return due date. I was just wondering, if I went and gave it back now, would I get arrested? 
find the librarian with the kindliest face. I had a very similar issue that happened to me a few years ago. I got out the video Chain Reaction, which is an appalling film starring Rachel Weisz in her early years. I had it for three years. I went back to Wizard Video and I asked the man with the kindliest face to let me off, and he did. Always go for the librarian with the kindliest face in these tricky scenarios. I think that's just about wrapped it up for Tell Mel this week. Thank you very much indeed for listening to my scrumptious little podcast. Hear more larks like that every Saturday lunchtime from one on magic. The Mel Gedroyd Podcast.